I want to speak to the church today, not just this church, but the church across the nation, maybe the world. And I just want you to to get this in your heart. I believe that the world is depending upon the church. And the church is not the church. The church is you and me. Matthew 13, Mark 4 and Luke 8, we read of the parable. And this one happens to be the parable of the sower. As you know, a parable is a story that is to convey a truth or truths. It's a picture story so that we can get out of the picture the meaning. When Jesus taught this parable, he spoke of four types of listeners who receive the word of God. Four types of listeners who hear the word of God. I want to read it. I'll let you remain seated. We stood long to sing. Matthew 13, follow me at verse 1. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And a great multitude were gathered together to him so that he got into the boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. This is a picture of a major thoroughfare where it's walked. The ground is hard. There's nothing growing. Some seed fell there. Birds devoured them. Second, some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth or they sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Let's pause right there and stop a minute. How do you pronounce the word R-O-O-T? Root or root? <laughs> we're down here in the southern. It's a root, preacher. <laughs> Well, let me just tell you, I have, I have literally had this mental, con- I, just, I have this mental thing today. I have called it root and root, root and root. So just get used to it. I don't know which one I'm going to say, okay? <laughs> wow. When the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root... <laughs> They withered away. At least you're going to remember it. That's all I can say. Verse 7, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them out. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Father, let your word be rich in our lives. I pray it for your glory. Amen. An author by the name of Gina Harkins wrote an article a few months ago in early March, as a matter of fact, when the COVID had hit this nation, a story that I thought was interesting. The title of the article was, Sailors Do Not Need to Die. 
Listen to it. The captain of a U.S. Navy aircraft carrier facing a growing outbreak of the coronavirus COVID-19 disease asked for permission to isolate the book of his roughly 5,000 crew members on shore, a U.S. Navy aircraft carrier. He was asking to take the warship out of service in an effort to save lives. In a memo to Navy leaders, the captain of the USS Theodore Roosevelt said the spread of the disease was accelerating and that removing all but 10% of the crew was a, quote, necessary risk, end quote, to stop the transmission of the virus. The ship docked in Guam while the U.S. Navy scrambled to determine how best to respond to the extraordinary request has dozens of crew members tested positive. The captain, Brett Crozier, stated, quote, We are not at war. Sailors do not need to die. If we do not act now, we are failing to properly care, take care of our most trusted asset, our sailors, end quote. March 2020. I agree that we need to take care of our sailors, our soldiers, our law enforcement officers, and our first responders. I understand like every other occupation in the world, there are some few that are not good, but ladies and gentlemen, these people wear badges and uniforms and put their lives every day to protect our freedom and keep you and I alive. And I'm going to tell you, it is an abomination for us to turn on the very people who would die for us. And I know that goes on live stream and out on the online, but that is the truth. I disagree, however, with the statement. I agree we should take care of our people. But I disagree, and believe me, I understand the context in which the captain made this statement. He said, we are not at war. Ladies and gentlemen, with or without the COVID pandemic, like it or not, we are in a war. The big question, and I'm turned this now, if you understand, just beyond, the, turned it from the view of the world and the, the war that we would use in warfare. I'm talking about us. We're in a spiritual war in this world that cannot be denied. The big question is, are we prepared for war? When I say we, I'm not talking about our nation. I'm talking about you and me, and the, I'm talking about the church. Are we prepared for war? Are we truly prepared for trial? Are we prepared for persecution? Can we handle tribulation? Well, pastor, I don't believe we're going to be in the tribulation. You know what? I'm a pre-tribulation rapture theorist and believe that for sure. But I'm going to tell you, before we get to that tribulation period, we may know some tribulation. Ladies and gentlemen, we're supposed to be prepared soldiers of the cross. Just, Jesus presented four types of listeners, as I said, that hear the gospel. My outline is simple today. The first thing I want to say to the church and those who believe is this. Spring up like the seed. Jesus says the sower goes out to sow and plant seeds. 
The sower wants to see the seed spring up and bring a great harvest. As he sows, the seeds fall on these four kinds of soil. First of all, the hard soil. The seeds fall on the hard soil. They're swept to the wayside. The birds snatch them up. The second soil is rocky soil. While the seeds sprout, the sun causes the plants to shrivel and die. The third soil is the thorny soil. The seeds sprout among the thorns, but the thorns outgrow them, choke them out, and they're gone. The fourth soil is the good soil. When the seeds fall, they grow and develop and produce a great harvest. I want us to look at that second group and consider this second soil, this rocky soil, because there's something important. It applies to today as you and I deal with this pandemic, with social upheaval, with political travesties, with tragedy all over this world, and I want us to deal with that one. The first thing I want to say is, if you're a Christian, spring up. God wants a harvest out of your life. If you've heard this word, come alive and be ready to do his bidding. So I believe we should spring up, point one. Point two is this, it's time to face up. In rocky soil, the seeds do germinate, and they did spring up, but the sun's heat destroyed them. This soil represents persons with no deep roots or roots. They hear the word, and they understand they, it, it, it does something to them. Hearing the word, it fills them, and they, they know joy, and they know excitement, and they know a, something they've never known before, but as soon as a trial comes, they begin looking for a way out. And so many do. So I want to stop and make a statement, ladies and gentlemen. Trials, tribulations, storm, pestilence, whatever you want to put there, ask difficult questions of us. There's difficult questions. Pastor, what are you talking about? For instance, why do the innocent have to suffer? Why did my loved one have to die? Is God really a God of love? If he is, why is all this going on? But I want to share with you something. At the end of the day, survival demands that we get some roots. When tragedy or a pandemic or a global catastrophe strikes, many are fearful. And the reason they are let me just tell you, all fear primarily is based in the fear of loss. All fear is based in the concept of loss. We're afraid we will lose something. When we see pandemics and all this sort of thing, 
The problem is we do not know what's next and what we might lose. Our life, our family, our finance, our government, our freedom, and on and on and on. Fear based in loss. I want to share this with you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not enough to detect fear. You and I as born-again Christians should direct fear. Most people can detect it, but we are supposed to direct it according to the seed sown. The psalmist confidently proclaimed in Psalm 56.3, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Directed fear. Listen to what 1 John 4 and 8 says. He positively declares this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. I want to tell you about this pandemic. If you're afraid, it's, it, it is an opportunity to direct it. If you don't, I want to tell you, don't have much roots. Because this book is powerful. Pastor, you're just not living in the real world. Yes, I live in the real world. That's why I understand I need deep roots in the Word of God. Wow. Listen to Paul. He asserts 2 Timothy 1 and 7. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power. And what? A sound mind. That means a settled mind. Can I tell you it means a disciplined mind. He has given us power and love and a mind that should be disciplined and so deeply in the Word of God. We have had far too light, much lightweight preaching in America, ladies and gentlemen. We have got to stay in this book and it can't always be sugar. You say, Pastor, that's critical, I understand. I want you to know, thank God for the joy and thank God for all the truths there are. But ladies and gentlemen, that is supposed to be in us so that we become what God needs in a late hour. So, wow. Spring up. Face up to reality. The third one is toughen up. I just know that I became the most popular preacher this morning. Fellow believers, let's just be honest. We know what we're dealing with in this world. Don't we? We know what we're dealing with. We know exactly what's going on. When the disciples asked Jesus what would be the signs of his coming, he answered them and told them, Matthew 24, Luke 21, uh, what, Mark 13, Luke 21, 26 says, men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Listen, if you don't know the Lord and you don't have roots in this deep in his words, I want to tell you something. You have a reason for fear and you need to deal with it because God knows how to dispel them. 
I didn't realize, I didn't realize there's so many people shook up. Uh, maybe, maybe they think I'm an ostrich with my head in the sand. And I want to tell you something. I see all that's going on. I understand. And I'm no superman Christian, but I want to tell you something. I know whom I have believed. I'm committed to the Lord and he's going to keep everything I commit to him. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not shook up. I am not nervous. I'm not afraid. And do I question things? Yes, I do. But listen, I'm anchored to something that's eternal far beyond this present age. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pastor, aren't you concerned about some things? Yes. Mostly you, my people, and a lost world. And a lost world. We need to toughen up. (laughs) Jesus said men's hearts will fail them. And he said it emphatically. Wars and rumors of wars will come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes, all in many places. And he said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Don't tell me we're not in a war. We are. We are approaching the heat of the battle. And Jesus is soon to come. Why in the world in upheaval... Why is the world in upheaval? Why is COVID here? What is going on? I want to answer that for you. It's called a pestilence. But now's not the time for us to be afraid, and now's not the time for us to try to pull some blanket over our head and pretend that it's not here. Ladies and gentlemen, now is not the time for the church to get weak. Now is the time for the church to be the church with power and life and the answers that come out of having deep roots in the Word that lasts forever. (laughs) Praise His name. This is what, listen to me, adults, grandparents, great-grandparents, young people. This is what we've been teaching about me all my life. It's what I've given my life to. This is what we've been preaching about. This is what we've been witnessing about. This is why we had revival. This is why we had Sunday school. It's why we have young men and young women's program. It's why we have youth pastors. It's why we have worship and music. It's why we do everything we do. It's why we need to tell our children, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is coming and the church should be glad about it. Amen. Here we are. We're here. There's a tremendous possibility that I will be raptured off of this planet. You say, well, pastor, you're getting old. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It could happen any moment. Let me just say something. You think I'm old? Listen, you think I'm getting old? I just have news for you. I don't care what a hard body you have and how much hair you have. So are you. The day of bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me is overshadowed. I want to declare the day of pleasant preaching should be over. Toughen up. We need a word with some roots in it. I love the stories of Daniel and the lion's den. 
What an awesome man and what an awesome story. I love to walk with David and Goliath and see that little Hebrew boy take that sword and behead a man that was many times his size. One of my favorites, the three Hebrew children tied up, thrown into a furnace with the fourth man and not even the smell of smoke on their clothes. I love to walk with that. I love to get to the New Testament with miracles in it and see all the things like the man with the withered hand when Jesus put his finger on a blind eye and said, see, and he saw. I love to see that when he says, this child is not dead, she sleeps. And he said, Tabitha, arise, and she came from the death. But I also need to know something different. I also need to know something about 1260 days consisting 42 months and a time and times and the dividing of times. I need to know about the first beast of Revelation 13 and the second beast of 13 rising out of the earth just as the first beast loses his power. I need to know about the fact that the beast represents the kingdom and the second beast is lamb-like when he's formed as a nation but he preaches and speaks like a dragon. I need to know that that the second beast will force the earth to worship the first beast of Revelation 13. I need to know that the time will come when no one will buy or sell on planet earth unless they receive the mark of the beast of the Antichrist. I need to know there are four seraphim and living creatures that fly about the throne of God crying holy, 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 holy. I need to know that there is a coming time when God will say out of his beautiful heaven, Gabriel step and sound the trump and those who are dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them forever to be in the air and so shall we be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. Ladies and gentlemen, I need some deep roots. God, give us some deep roots in America scripture today because we're going to need it. I wrestle all week long with this going, why am I going to say this? We need to, people want the message of your best days are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. And I just want to tell you, if you're born again and your name is declared, written in the Lamb's book of life, I will tell you this, it is true, your best days are in front of you. But I want to tell you, between now and that time, you and I have a responsibility to a lost world and we need Ladies and gentlemen, we need to toughen up. I'm so glad I got that off of me. Number four, we need to wake up. Do you recognize what's happening in the world and especially in our nation? I want to just share with you, this coronavirus within just a few weeks of time all but shut down the whole world. Don't just look at this and say, well, you know, it just happened. Yes, it just did. Economies are suffering. The Lord knows I have prayed for all of you who have your children in school and you're having a full-time job to work and your children at home. And Yes, we're in school. We're on Zoom. We're on virtual and all that sort of thing. We're back and forth. We don't know what we're going to do. I, I want to tell you, it was amazing what happened in just a few weeks on planet Earth. But I want to tell you something. It's time to wake up and realize until the computer and the satellite and the internet, the taking charge of the entire world where no man can buy or sell without the mark of the beast was impossible. But in just the last few decades, it is not only possible, it's in the offing. 
I've said it so many times. This world today, ladies and gentlemen, is a set stage for the Antichrist. They can lock down our stores, stop our trucks. They can do anything they want on these computers. We found that out a few weeks ago. Boy, it got quiet then, didn't it? This, we, we are headed for a one-world government as sure as rain is wet. We're, we're, that's, that's, if you don't know this, young people, that's been happening over many, 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 many years. Because Let me tell you, the, the mindset of humanity says that if we can just get the whole world in a place where everybody has the same, everybody's equal, and everybody has the same money, and everybody's at peace, and everybody's at happy, and we just get to, to a utopia, then we have finally reached nirvana, and everything's going to be wonderful. In all due respect, let me describe that for you. It's called hogwash. All due respect, all due respect. Adam and Eve, go back and get some root in this. Adam and Eve were in utopia. There was no need for their labor. They had everything they wanted. There were beautiful trees. There was all they wanted to eat. All the animals were friendly. Everybody, nothing destroyed anything. That garden was teeming, which I believe was the, all over the earth in one form of massive of land at the time, but that's my opinion. You can read about it. Go, go read it and get you some root about it. I just want to tell you, there they had utopia. Everything was wonderful for them, and sin still came and destroyed it. If you want to know why we have pandemics, if you want to know why we have wars, if you want to know why children die in accidents, if you want to know why we're so evil that we murder innocent children in the wombs of our people all across this world, it is because there is a curse of sin upon this planet. We're on a sin-cursed planet, and until God comes and finishes this, we're going to understand what Satan is doing. Wow. Today, it is possible to control this world. Wake up, church. Wake up, nominal believer. Wake up, bless me, bless me, believer. Wake up, sleeping Christian. Wake up, well, I know I'm not near what I should be, but I'm not what I were. God's calling you to get some root. Toughen up. The kingdom of our Christ needs those who are anchored and rooted. And you say, well, pastor, to inspire us, yes. Pastor, to nourish us and spiritually grow us, yes. But I'm going to tell you something. We need far more than, than encouragement emotionally and far more than just spiritual growth in the sense of our growing. We need a church that is alive, but we need a church that's also alert to what God is doing. We need a living church, but we need a learned church. We must feed our hearts and our minds. We better get some roots. Our world is so thin. You believe in God? Yes. Well, many don't now. But let me just tell you for sure out on the online. I love your soul or I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't put myself in this unpopular position. I can smooth words with many of them, but I want to tell you something. It, it, it is, 
There are a lot of people who say they believe a lot of things. But unless what you believe changes you, what you're believing isn't working for you. And I want to tell you something about coming to the Christ that died for you. When you come to him, he will change you inside out. He will make you a new creature. Old things will be passed away. All things will become new. And a lot of people say, well, I believe in the Bible and I believe in God. Well, can I just tell you, so does the devil. And he's not saved and he's never going to be. Because I've already read the book. I have a root enough to know that eventually he's going to be cast into the eternal lake of fire, which a lot of people don't believe in today. But let me tell you, just because you don't believe it doesn't do away with its actual existence. And we, we say we want to believe in heaven, in heaven, in heaven. Oh, and, and, and when granddad dies, everybody, oh, and grandmother and uncle and aunt and my sister and my friend and my brother, they're in heaven, they're in heaven. Let me be plain and tell you simply today, not everybody that dies goes to heaven. Only those names who are recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life because Christ paid the price. He offers it to you. He woos you. He draws you. He sends preachers. He sends evangelists. He sends every kind of witness. He puts the Bible in our hands. He's put broadcasts all over this nation. He's put TVs on the air. He's put every kind of tract you can imagine and books by the hundreds and thousands trying to reach the lost soul of humanity. But if you do not accept him, you will not spend eternity in heaven. It needs to be said. I would not be elected governor. Nor would I want to be elected governor. I know the governor. He's a great man. One one of his employees works for or here in the church. Number five, I want to say it's time to Straighten up. Millions on our planet are desperate. Desperate with fear. Desperate with doubt. And desperate for answers. And ladies and gentlemen, there's just a possibility there may be millions who are ready to come to Jesus and live holy because they're scared. And I'm going to say if this present global situation leads hundreds or thousands or millions to think spiritually and spiritual awareness comes into their mind, praise the Lord, God will not. He'll call all things to work for good. But God can use this to straighten us up also. Ladies and gentlemen, our world needs a shock. But let me be very careful and loving enough to say, Don't let it be that you come and as soon as the pandemic passes, your commitment to Christ wanes or wears off and you turn back to whatever you were doing before. I may shock some of you and I may shock the people that don't know the Christ, but I'm going to tell you something. God is not for emergency use only. Get some roots. Because I want to tell you something. If you think COVID-19 is something, we haven't seen anything yet. Some of the root in this word tells me there's coming a day in the great tribulation where hailstones will weigh 200 pounds. 
Pastor, I didn't know that. Get some roots. And I could go on and on and on. That's enough. Believers, ladies and gentlemen, young people, our obedience, our consecration to God, even though we enjoy it and Pentecost has experienced it, perhaps maybe at least it's our response maybe than many others. But in spite of what we enjoy, obedience and consecration is not about our feelings. Because someday you're just not going to feel like praying. There's going to be some days when you're not feeling like reading the Word of God, when you just don't feel like going to church. But if you have roots, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, you're going, you're, you're going to straighten up and you're going to be disciplined and that power mind is going to be disciplined to where you get in the Word. And you will do like David and you will do, I'm going to run through these verses right quickly. When things come and you don't feel like it, do what the psalmist did. I will praise the Lord at all times. I won't run in the trouble. I won't run in the fear. I won't doubt God. I won't change my mind. I won't let my feelings run my head and my heart. I will be a disciplined person. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast in Thee, Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Hallelujah. Bless His name. Jesus did not go to Calvary because He felt like it. He went to Calvary because He loved you and me to save you and me. times get tough I want to toughen up and say oh slew foot the devil I'm up and I'm at it and I have the authority I'm going to give you all the grief today that I can oh pastor you would say that show me get some root show me where I'm supposed to be afraid of the devil anywhere in this book respect his place absolutely I know about Michael in the 21 days go read it in Daniel But I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, he that is within us. The root says, greater is he that's within us than he that's within this world. It's time to get some roots. For twice born men and women, I will say again, our best days are ahead. But you and I are responsible as long as we're here to witness to a lost and dying world. So here's my message. Spring up. Face up. Tighten up. Toughen up. Wake up. Straighten up. The old hymn writer said it best. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweet refrain. The good, all the good feel, but I wholly lean on Jesus' name. He went on to say, when all around my soul gives way, He then is all my hope and stay. On Christ's 
the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I know to you that might be in Hollywood and those of you who are atheists and those of you who scorn us and you think that we're archaic and you think the Bible is out of date and that it has nothing to say for our eternity. I want to say to you clearly, you may be intelligent, you may be talented. Thank God for it. He gave it to you. But when it's all said and done, this book will never pass away. And every jot and tittle is the old King James. Every word, every letter of it is going to be fulfilled to the letter. And you may not like me for saying that, but someday when I stand in the glory world, I hope you believe it and say thanks for taking a chance thanks for making me mad thanks for doing whatever and thanks or I wish I had I wish I had let's bow our heads anyone in this room pastor I have a love for God I, I believe in the book but I'm not in the household of faith I'm religious, but I don't have that personal relationship. Would you please just do me the favor of raising your hand and let me include you in a prayer? All over this sanctuary, heads bowed, eyes closed, your hand won't be seen by anybody. Just me and the Lord. Raise your hand. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else in this sanctuary? Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I believe there are five people who raise their hands, who love you, that want to know you, but not totally. Born again, Father, I thank you today that this is the day of salvation. I pray for them and say, I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God. I ask Him to come and forgive my sin, apply His shed and given blood over my sin record that I might be pure and holy before the Lord. I believe He was the Son of God and by my confession and my repentance I become a true twice born child of the living God. I will commit myself to the house of the Lord to worship to learn, Father, to grow, to be what you want me to be. I not only accept you as Savior, but I receive you as Lord. Lord, from this moment on, not my will, but your will be done. And I thank you for your salvation, Lord. Thank you for the price. In Jesus' name, amen. On Christ the Son, Rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Stand with me. On Christ the sun, rock I stand.
have a little 93-year-old mom who is a godly lady who would spank you in a heartbeat and she would keep you in church and she would paddle you and she would teach you. And every time for the last 15 years that I'm on the phone with her like I was this morning, I'd say, Mom, I love you. And she would say, I love you too, son. Keep your wedding garment on. Jesus is coming. How many of you have your wedding garment on? <laughs> I love to say this. It doesn't, don't let it get old to you. But the first time I'm married, I was the groom. The next time I get married, I'm going to be the bride. I'm the bride of Christ. I'm in the number. My name's recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be fearful of this nation. I don't have to be afraid of what's coming. I'm anchored, ladies and gentlemen. I'm rooted in the Word of the Lord. Open this book. Well, Pastor, I just don't understand it. Read it anyway. The Holy Spirit will teach you. And listen, we just happen to have some classes, and we just happen to have some folk that can help you. Amen.